Hey, everybody, welcome to uh, Beyond the Booth with Phil Harris and Randall Cunningham. Third Tuesday night edition, yesterday being the holiday, decided to delay it tonight because of our guests. And the fact, Phil, it's my birthday today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the thing is about that. I thought what I was talking about, we could bake you a cake, but if we lit the candles, we'd have to call the fire department. Uh, you so were, you, that's an out. It would probably look like Mount Vesuvius, the, the, the yeah. Oh, yeah. going yeah, on. Forest fire. Forest fire. Absolutely. Uh, later on tonight, we're going to have from South Pittsburgh High School, Coach Ricky Gilly and his son, outside linebacker, Calvin Gilly. Strange thing about this, Phil, we set this up before the season. I thought about doing this, and uh, we talked with Coach Gilly a little bit, and then Coach Gilly reminded me of it, and it was like, yeah, this would be a good idea. And, Phil, since then, uh, South Pittsburgh's number one in 1A, and Squatch County's number five in 3A, so the game takes on a whole different feel now. Yeah, well, you know, really, you think about it, it's a big rivalry anyway, but both teams have been successful the first part of the season. And, of course, everybody expected this. I'll, you know, I think, you know, people knew South Pittsburgh would be 3-0 at this point, probably. But Sequoia County's kind of worked their way into this slot where they're 3-0, but they're playing with a lot of confidence. And, you know, South Pittsburgh really has not been tested. No. So I guarantee you South Pittsburgh's looking forward to this game, not because just it's a rivalry, but because they're going to get to see somebody that gives them a look. So this has to be exciting for the coaching staff and kids. Absolutely. And, and that's a great question. I, I will ask Coach Gilly here in a little while. I think um, I've said it since, uh, since week one, uh, 1A is kind of South Pittsburgh's to do with what it, wants to and almost feels like as long as South Pittsburgh plays to their level, um, 1A belongs to them. And, and traditional power, multiple-time state champion, um, no better football team uh, in that 1A bracket than South Pittsburgh in the state of Tennessee. Yeah, probably so. And, you know, of course, the other big major factor there is you've got, you know, at a 1A level, you don't have a whole lot of kids. So you have to be – pretty much stay healthy yeah. because uh, it don't take but about two, lose two or three kids and it can derail your whole season. Yes, yes. Um, also, we're going to touch on Alabama here in a little while, but I want to get some comments up front. Uh, a huge matchup uh, in 2A in the state of Alabama with Geraldine playing five field and, uh, you know, Coach Bonif- Paul Benefield and the five Red Devils lose up. Very rarely, but the Bulldogs look like they're for real. Yeah, this is, of course, Sterling's in 3A. Oh, yeah. And the Fast in 2A. Yes. So it wasn't a region game, but it's a huge rivalry. And uh, Coach Michael Davis is an outstanding coach. You know, he beat Fife two years ago uh, or three years ago. Well, anyway, he beat Fife recently. And so, um, he, you know, he's had some success against them. And he's a very confident coach. And, you know, Fife. They were very good last year, but they're very young up front. And Fife did those things that normally they don't do, and that's make mistakes. And Geraldine didn't have a turnover, executed, and, and found a way to win. Found a way to win that football game. And uh, 
he was a huge win for the Geraldine Bulldogs. But don't count Fife out because they're still going to have an outstanding year. Uh, but that's one of those everybody kind of points to down here. Anytime Fife gets made, it's huge. Well, in that in that three A region, you have um, Geraldine and Sylvania starts forty nine nothing or forty nine fourteen over Sacks. That looks to be um, the power of that region, and you can't forget Coach Smith sitting down at Westbrook Christian. Yeah, and also you know you've got Piedmont because Piedmont's are going to be traveling. They were uh, uh, they're going to be traveling to Sylvania this week. Of course, they lost to Cherokee County opening week. And then, of course, also you got to watch out for Plainview because Plainview won an opening uh, game that was big. Yes, and of course, Westbrook, they're going to be a lot better football team. Now, I don't know if they're quite ready to play with the big boys, but they're one of those teams that's going to challenge for a playoff spot. Maybe one of the, the hardest regions, regardless of classification in the state of Alabama, but we'll get there in a second. I, I want to start in the state of Tennessee with some scores. Bill, and get your some gut reactions. One major upset in the state of Tennessee. I don't know if we call it a major upset. We'll get to it shortly. But um, first score that I wanted to bring to everybody's attention is Baylor played all the way in New York State, Bill. And you've talked about it, how, how that bothers you that nobody locally gets to see Baylor like they used to. But they have went yeah. from Florida to New York to play football games this year. Yeah, uh, that, that's amazing that they have to do that. But, you know, these bigger schools, these prep schools, your IMGs and people like that, they've started, you know, playing each other on a higher level. But, you know, that's part of their base for recruiting kids to come to their school. Absolutely. You look around and you're going to get to make a trip to New York and spend the weekend and things like that. That's how you get kids to come to your school because it's a little different angle and these schools are playing each other outside the state. And you see that, you know, even down here with your better teams will play two schools from Georgia, schools from Tennessee. And, you know, and that's, that's fun for the kids to get to make that long trip, long bus trip. Or in Baylor's case, probably flight. Yes. Uh, but, you know, it's a recruiting tool uh, when you get to play the top notch type teams. Who wouldn't want to play against IMG Academy out of Florida? Oh, Anybody no. would. Anybody. And, you know, you see um, Lipscomb kind of over in Middle Tennessee and the Nashville area has played IMG and Surrey Land, uh, Sarah Land in Alabama to open their season. And that's two of the top 25 teams in the nation. Yeah, Sarah Lynn's number one ranking, Class 6A down here, and they're going to have a great year. Uh, they've got some outstanding football players on their team. And, you know, they're with them. They didn't really do bad against IMG Academy either. No. Nope. Um, moving on, Phil, to uh, Bledsoe County gets on the, uh, the good side here with a 27 nothing blanking of Sale Creek. And Sell Creek with new coach Jeremy Fitzgerald from Meigs County, formerly at Hickson, has a track record of building these programs. But Phil, in four months, we may be just a little early on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're starting from scratch. He's learning his kids. And, you know, they may be competitive, you know, because, you know, we have seen these kind of games be 50 60 to nothing. So they hung in the ball game anyway. Of course, I know, you know, really with Bledsoe County, they've got a good football team. 
but they're not what you would call an explosive team. They're well coached, and they're going to win a lot of games because they're well coached. Yes, absolutely. Coach Tabor, that staff, one of the best ones in the state. Boyd Buchanan, uh, 30 over CAK, 8. Uh, CAK's not what, quite what they were a few years ago, Phil. You're starting to see CAK out a little bit. Well, sometimes this goes in cycles, but also Boyd Buchanan's, you know, got a good football program in their own, yes. in their own right. But, you know, you, you can't be on top all the time. So, uh, you know, you're going to have your down years. And, of course, you know, we know that Boyd Buchanan's on their way to a higher level. Absolutely. And then, of course, probably the biggest game statewide, uh, all kinds of impl- yeah, implications. Uh, and it's a region game, and it is uh, Bradley Central twenty-one, Marable thirteen. Uh, a lot of two Tennessee commits on Bradley Central, a high-quality quarterback transfer from Ray County. Bradley Central is for real. Yeah, definitely. So you know they they are running the table right now, and of course they're going to get everybody's best. But beating a Marable team this season. They're used to this kind of game, used to this kind of atmosphere. And so that's a huge win for uh, Cherokee, uh, for uh, uh, Bradley Central to beat Marable because, you know, Marable year in, year out, they're kind of like Alcoa. They're going to be up there. Yeah. Uh, I, and I told everybody it wasn't the fact that they beat a, another very good team. It's that they beat a team that's always there in the state titles and it's, You've got to get your confidence up with that. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, you know, really and truly when you play Marable, they've got you 14 to nothing before the game ever starts. Absolutely. You know, you know, because, you know, you may have as good players as they do, but they have that, you know, back in the years I can remember, uh, Red Bank used to win a lot of football games because everybody was afraid of that. Red Bank name, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it was that respect factor. And you can spot them seven before the game ever started. And they may not have as good a players as you do, but they're so used to winning. Uh, and and a, a, a very tightly fought. And I, I had a friend at the game and got a report from there. Uh, Brainerd 12 over Chattanooga Prep 6. Uh, it's good to see Brainerd get the W. And it's good to see Chattanooga Prep kind of start competing with some teams, you know, that's a new program. So, Bernard gets the win, but Chattanooga Prep with a, a nice showing. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, and, you know, that's one of them Bernard needed. Uh, uh, it's, it's a game, it was a winnable game for them, and they're trying to build a little confidence there. And, but that is a huge win for the for the uh, Bernard Panthers, definitely, for sure. Uh, let's, uh, you know, I didn't lay down all my scores the way I wanted it. There it is. Uh, Chattanooga Christian, 49, Knox Grace, 23. Uh, move on down to Cofield, 28, Greenback, 0. Uh, that's a, a region kind game. Then we get over to East Hamilton, 41 over Franklin County, 34. East Hamilton, uh, almost when you see East Hamilton up, you see Udawa down. When you see Udawa up, see East Hamilton down. Those schools. They're kind of over there close, Phil, but you feel like East Hamilton someday, some way, will be a football power in the city of Chattanooga. 
Yeah, we you know, they're just a rock throw from each other. It's, how, it's amazing how close those two schools are. And I can remember when I went to Ottawa, we only had in the Red Chattanooga area, you only went up to basically three classifications. Yes, Ottawa was a two A. When they played in the region with Howard, and uh, so you know it was a decent sized school, but not a huge school. It's kind of you know the old school was out in the country, and they built that school that was very close to where Hamilton near Hamilton Place now, and I, I think it was the second year of the school when I went there. Boy, have re- things really changed around that area. That Collegedale area really grew. So they ended up having to build another school because the, uh, you know, so many people moved out in that area. Yeah, it was uh, it was tough. I mean, uh, uh, at one point, they, two of the largest five high schools in the state of Tennessee was Bradley Central before they built Walker Valley, and I think Ottawa was pretty close to the top 10 when they beat East Hamilton. Uh, matter of fact, Bradley Central, before they built uh, Walker Valley, was the largest school in the state of Tennessee. So sometimes community growth forces you to uh, to do some things like that. Yeah, yeah, because you overcrowd those schools and you really can't expand them. Ooh, I really didn't have anywhere to go. They couldn't make the school any bigger. You know, the campus is full. You know, there's no where you go, so it forces you. Uh, to build another institution, but that's good because that means your the Chattanooga area is growing, and that's always a good thing. Grundy County, forty-two to six over Lookout Valley, two teams that very little success. Grundy, while they're still playing three A field, has kind of eased off of that schedule, and they've got some chance to win some games this year. Grundy yeah, is the, got a legitimate yeah. chance. Yeah, they didn't look bad in the Jamboree. You know, I was, you know, they won two or three here now. Aren't they three and oh? Haven't they won three? Yes. Because they're three and oh. I mean, they haven't beaten anybody, what you would call world beaters. But, you know, with this team, uh, you know, I thought they looked pretty good. I was impressed by them in the Jamboree. They were, you know, outclassed, really. I mean, they was a whole lot better. There were some good football teams there. But they looked good to me. And, uh, and it's, went out on the field and they've done well so far. Uh, and a team that needed to take a win and, and a big win for the Hickson Wildcats. 21-16 over Ottawa. Bill, uh, Hickson had big hopes coming into the year and they kind of stumbled out of the gate losing quarterback Luke Finch early on. Did not help. Chase Barnard played and has played well. Uh, is in the top five in, 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 in the state in passing. But sometimes you just got to get a win somewhere. And, and they get one over the Owls Friday night. Well, you know, their first two ball games was tough. Even even at 100%, if Finch hadn't been hurt, that would have been two tough games for them to win. But this Ottawa game was a winnable game for them, and they needed it. Uh, you know, because, you know, you feel like that for them to get that one, that they were about to, you know, lose this whole season. But this kind of yeah. – Settles everything down. Everybody will be confident in the quarterback. Now, hey, we win this guy. And so it would be a totally different football team. Now, Now, had they fallen to 0-3, now it would have been tough. But this yep. was a huge win. And it kind of rats the ship, and that's something hits me. Bill, and I, uh, before we go to the next school, I want to ask you about something. There's kind of a a wave of new schools in Tennessee, which are based in the home school and the Christian school. Um, like Grundy County plays Tennessee Heat this week, which is a Christian private 
like homeschool network of kids. Um, mm-hmm. Howard played Republic. Um, Chattanooga Prep is similar to that. Ezel Harding, uh, which they've always been at Ezel Harding, but now there's two of them. It's like a Christian academy. Um, it it's really tough, you know, to judge these teams and you see them start playing and most of them are a year or two into it. It's tough to start a program. Oh, yeah, because, you know, and the biggest thing is I tell everybody what makes it hard is you don't have much of an alumni base. That's what makes it hard. So you don't have that. You've got parents going to the game, but that's about it. When you go to these local communities like down here, everybody's went to school at Valley Head, say, for instance, 1940s and 50s, go to ball games. So you have a huge alumni base. So you have great support in the community. When you're just starting out, you know, it's tough because you don't have that alumni base. You just mainly got, you know, kids from the community going to the ball games. And so, uh, you know, that makes it tough to get started in. And a lot of times these teams have to recruit. They don't, there's no other really way they can be competitive. Absolutely. Uh, and that was Howard, 46, over Republic, zero. Moving on down to um, some more scores of the area. One one I got a report from today from from a parent. And, hey, if you're a parent at one of these schools, you want to text us in a little report, that's great. Then we know a little more about what happened. Um, Ray County got off to a great start. Big win over Red Bank. But Phil... Uh, lost their first quarterback and their first and second running backs. Ethan Davis, their all everything running back goes down. Their second teamer goes down. They lose their first team quarterback and end up getting upset at, at Knox Central, fourteen to seven. Um, sounds like Ray County faced a world of trouble. And then this week they get a break. They play Howard in region, so they can kind of. Probably can just get through that and let some people hear. Well, did they did they lose any kids for the year? Or they just out for a short period. Of time? Uh, I think I think both of them will be back, but it, it, it could be one to two weeks. Yeah, well, you know that's better than losing them for the year because you know with them coming off the two and eight season, they're probably not real deep. Their first twenty two are probably really good, but you know they're just now starting to develop depth and, and getting better. And so when you lose players like that, it, it really hurts you because you've probably not got a whole lot of playing experience behind those guys. No. And, but they're going to have – they're so to the wolves now. They're going to have to get ready to play. And this will make them better. If they get their starters back, then you will have backups because they'll have a little bit of playing time and you can rest those guys sometimes. Loudon uh, all over Saudi Daisy, 28 to nothing. And – and Saudi Daisy's is struggling field. It's a program that uh, ten years ago, even or let's go back twenty years ago, was always consistent. And now Saudi Daisy's really struggling as a program over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think that it kind of goes in 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 the sense that kind of like the way it's happened with Hicks and the way it happens with Saudi Daisy's. They'll have a run for a few years when they're real good, but traditionally are not strong year in and year out. They just kind of have to pick their spots. Mm. We'll have some good kids come through, and I think that's kind of what happens to Saudi Daisy a lot of the time. Uh, Loud, uh, excuse me, I just gave that one. Mann County, 
And, and Phil, going through McMahon County record, uh, there's next week they play Sequatchie County. We get both Marion County schools back to back here, but uh, Marion County has a very manageable schedule. If uh, I, I think they get out no less than eight wins, uh, and and they get one this weekend over Chattanooga Central, and that's yeah. Marion County was five and five last year, which is shocking for Marion County. Yeah, yeah. So you know, so, you know they're going to have a good season. There ain't no doubt about it. You know they went down. And, uh, they beat Dade County. I know Dade County's pretty good. Uh, they got hammered in the first thing by some private schools, but that was a big win beating Dade County. Uh, that was a you know a team uh, that was a great test. They're much better than what their record indicates. Much so better than the average public. Marion, with Marion County, Marion County's going to be good. They're going to be a tough opponent for a lot of people. Uh, Macaulay travels to Ohio. Uh, the never-ending Macaulay and Baylor travels and plays St. X 34-11 over St. X. Yeah, yeah, that was, you know, I think they played them in the past. Yes, yeah, they, they played them before. Yes, they played St. X before a couple of times. Yeah, I think they played St. X because they played one team from Canada one time. Yes. But, uh, yeah, but, you know, Macaulay, you know, it, it, well, it's tough for them to find ball games because when you're as good as they are, you know, man, you've got to do that. And I'm, and I'm sure some of it, they'd like to play some teams that are closer to home, but they're hard to find. Absolutely. Um, nobody wants to play against them. I would. McMinn Central over Polk County, and then McMinn County, 47, Tyner, 14. You talk about losing some kids. Tyner graduated a large portion of that state championship team. And they're struggling at this point for it, Phil. Yeah, but look at the three opponents they had to play. Because I'm going to tell you something, McMinn County's no slouch. They gave Bradley Central all they wanted. McMinn County's got a good football team. So yeah. the three teams that Tyner's played, even if they were a senior-laden team, they would have been tough opponents for them. They might not be They might be 0-3. They, they wouldn't get beat like they've been getting beat, but they might still be 0-3 and playing for a state championship. Yep. Uh, Max County over Kingston, twelve to nothing. Uh, see if there's, uh, of course, the big one uh, at Red Bank at uh, twenty-seven to six over East Ridge. East Ridge had a great showing for themselves in this game, Phil, and played a better Red Bank team. Uh, East Ridge had come off giving up fifty-nine to Sequatchie, holds uh, Red Bank to twenty-seven. I think. East Ridge had to be happy with the effort of the kids. I'll put it that way. Yeah, they're another one of them teams. They're not a bad football team. It's just the teams they've had to play out the gate. Yes. I mean, you know, they're, they're a pretty good 0-3 football team. And, you know, and I think they hung in with Sequatchie County for a little while. The wheels kind of just run off. So yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they're not a bad football team. Of course, you know, some of that team is lacking in confidence. When you start at 0-3 and things don't go well, you might be a good football team, but the confidence factor is so important in high school football. Absolutely. And then the big one for me, uh, big region matchup, a game. Uh, you know, Phil, you've done a lot of games, and you can – when one's fun and you're calling it, it's it's completely different. And this one, as fun a game as I've called, uh, maybe in the Sequatchie County booth, Sequatchie County 27, Watertown – 21, Sequatchie County gets the win over a region opponent, 
a top 10 opponent and vaults into the TSSAA 3A rankings at number five this week. Yeah, that's a huge win. And, you know, you talked about that last week. Is no matter what happens, this could have been for the, a home playoff spot in the first round. And we know how important that is. Of course, you want to win a region title. Uh, but if you can clinch a first-round playoff spot at home, that's huge. And this was the type of game they had. And this will be this will prepare them for the game coming this week and the game against Giles County. Is These kind of games is what makes you – you know, you mentally tough because you know you got a battle for four quarters. You know, quarterback Sam Evitz leads the state in every 3A passing category um, going into the South Pittsburgh game. And it'll be interesting to talk to Coach Gilly, who is their defensive passing game coordinator, how how, how you attack that Sequatchie County pass game. Um uh, and of course, uh, Signal Mountain twenty-seven, Sequoia twenty-one, and then the other side of that matchup, South Pittsburgh sixty-seven, Copper Basin nothing. Oh yeah, that's you know, right now South Pittsburgh's only in one A, and this will really be the first complete test. I think you know they went against some good teams, but teams that ain't quite that's not quite in the class they are. Yes, uh, but Sequatchie County is going to be a. a a good test for them, and I'm sure they've looked at week four when they'll play Sequatchie County. Is that's going to be our measuring stick? Yes, a couple more games to get in. A huge, huge rivalry up in Bradley County, Walker Valley 20, Cleveland 14. Phil, if I'd have picked that game ahead of time, I think I'd have picked Cleveland. So, Walker Valley kind of pulls the minor upset there in my head. Yeah, because Cleveland's not bad. I mean, they're you know they're not quite on the level we are Bradley Central, but still they're a good football team. So that won't surprise me too. You know, I didn't think Walker Valley would beat them, but the, you know that was a shocker to me. Another team we saw in the Jamboree uh, uh, just continues to play well. Whitwell thirty-five, Joe Burns eight. Yeah, yes, you know, and we saw them. You know, they're not a real deep football team, but a very physical team. They're pretty good size, so uh, I'm not surprised at the success in the early going for this Whipple football. A couple of North Georgia schools, and we'll go on down to Alabama. Calhoun, 28, over Creekview, 14. Calhoun just continues to be the class in North Georgia. Yeah, you know, year in, year out, of course, you know, they've not been, you know, at that playoff run where they get down to the state championship games lately, but still – uh, year in, year out, they're one of the top teams in North Alabama or North Georgia. I'm sorry. And we talked about this Dade County team is one and two, but 55 to 13 over North Sand Mountain this weekend, which is a big robbery. And it, it's a cross state robbery, but those two communities border each other. That's a big football game. Yeah. Well, you know, Dade County is a much bigger school than uh, North Sand Mountain. Uh, but, you know, the level that some of the teams that they County plays, I mean, you know, they lost that first game, then they lost a narrow one, 10-6. So they're a lot better than their record indicates. And they're going to win some football games. Ain't no doubt about that. Dalton run out uh, to to 2-0 and with a 50-14 to victory over Sonorville. Uh, and, and what I thought was another um, surprising outcome, I, I kind of thought Gordon Lee would win the football game. But Gordon Lee, 44 
Southwest Whitfield, 16. Yeah, Southeast, you know, of course, they're, they're not no huge juggernaut, but this was a Gordon Lee team that's their first home game after the first two road games. And, you know, they have really come a long way since that opening season loss to Trine. They had a hard time up front slowing down anything Trine did to them. So, evidently, they've made some adjustments and uh, and shored up some, you know, shortcomings on the defensive side of the football and have played much, much, much better the last two weeks. Just across the Chattanooga State line, Heritage 35, LFO 28, and, and what I understand, Phil, was quite a barn burner. Yeah, definitely so, because uh, Lakeview, you know, they've got a decent football team, but Heritage, that puts them at a 2 and one record. They're only lost to Ringgold so far. So Heritage is off to a pretty good start. I think LFO, I don't think it's one more yet. Uh, one and two. That was a dandy football game. Northwest Whitfield falls to Ringo 21-17. Yeah, that, you know, of course, Ringo's got a good football team. This was a great matchup because Northwest is pretty good too. Uh, I think Northwest, I think both these teams came into this game undefeated. Uh, but Ringo, you know, everybody talks about they've got a good football team. Uh, now they're three and zero as they knock off Northwest, and that's a big rival. And then another, uh, not the not the that North Mary beat Ridgeland, but the size sixty three to thirty five. Ridgeland was a program when that school first started that you thought was going to have a good program. Kind of a struggle the last eighteen twenty four months. Yeah, you know, of course, their coach is trying to get them all on the same page. He's changed a lot of things there at. Uh, Ridgeland, and you know, I think the future's bright there, uh, but you know, they still got a long way to go. And yeah, I was surprised at how bad they got beat because it's a very athletic football team, but giving up 63 points that was kind of a surprise. Absolutely. Well, Phil, uh, let's run down to Alabama and your territory. Of course, Phil's the host of the WQSB Friday night. Uh, what do y'all call it? Friday night scoreboard. Scoreboard, yes. And uh, with Jeff Allen, y'all do a great job. Uh, this week, um, and, and let me go ahead and say this, if, you, if you're listening, uh, Phil and I both are man of faith. Uh, we had a young man that got, um, I don't know the medical status now. I know he's still dealing with stuff. Um, who got uh, knocked out during the, the Watertown game and, if you're of the one of faith, uh, say some prayers for him. Uh, but I didn't get home in time to listen to you, Phil, because we were we didn't finish up till after midnight. And you know, you hate to see a young man get just you know, uh, EMTs were fabulous. The everybody was fabulous, but you know, you hate to see that in a football game. Yeah, well, you know, we, there's heavy hearts down here. There was a freshman. He actually was on the varsity football team at Albertville, got killed in a motorcycle accident on Monday. Oh, Lord. Uh, so there's going to be heavy hearts down here at Albertville High School. So, you know, he, he had made the varsity team as a ninth grader and was a good football player, but, uh, you know, lost his life uh, on uh, Monday. So, you know, it's going to be heavy hearts down here. You, you hate to see that. It wasn't a football field injury, but nonetheless, he was a kid with a bright future, and you hate to see those young men with their lives cut short like that. So, absolutely, and prayers are with his family. Absolutely. And I'll, if you're a listener on River City Media, I try to find some 
coverage of that and post it. I did not know about that film, but uh, yeah, happy there's... Monday. So you know, it's you know, everybody's just kind of getting back to work today. So it happened, I think, on Monday morning. So it's just a tragic deal to come across on the internet. So I don't think everybody really knows about it. Yeah, that's a that's a tragic situation. Prayers to that family, but. Let's try to get through that Alabama region down there. Some big action, including uh, Coach Bant, you know, in action this week. Yeah, that 49-14 win. Was they well 49 nothing at one point? But no real surprise. Their Sacks is a very athletic team. But the last couple of the years, they've kind of slid back just a little bit. And, of course, we know that uh, uh, this Sylvania team is, you know, is a very good football team. And, of course, you know, they have their uh, region kickoff game next week or this week against Piedmont. So uh, no surprise there that they won that game. And you can jump on here tomorrow night at 7 o'clock uh, Central Time and listen to Coach Van's comments on the Tyler Van Show. Um, we'll be here with Howie Chaney and myself with Coach Van. And uh, look forward to talking to Coach Van. Yeah, definitely. So I'm sure he'll be excited. Of course, he's going to be nervous about week one playing Piedmont because that's been his nemesis. So he, he, you know, he'd like to get that one. The you know, biggest thing is get to one and zero in region play. Is the most important thing. I, I talked to Coach Van. We talked about those three coaches in his region. They're all Hall of Famers, and I did not realize he is zero and nine against those three head coaches. So uh, yeah. he, he wants. To, I know it's not Coach Smith at Piedmont, but uh, be nice to get one against Piedmont for him. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, he's one of those coaches that everybody talks about down here. He and Michael Davis and Geraldine are two of the great young coaches uh, that have a bright future. And, you know, and that's one of them you always kind of worry about. You know, this, as they get more and more successful, people's going to come knocking on their door. But right now, both of them happy where they're at. And it's good that you know, hope it stays that way. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, get us around that uh, that DeKalb Jackson area, Phil. Uh, the, of course, the games we'll go through the games. I've got the scores from the teams around the area. Of course, Adder got their first win. It was their first game. They beat Asbury forty-six to thirteen. Of course, Fort Payne went down and beat Etowah. Big offensive performance for the Wildcats. You know, their problem is not scoring points; it's stopping people. But they beat Etowah. 54 to 26. Of course, Geraldine beating 5, 17 to 6. Collinsville didn't have any trouble with Gelsville. They won their opening game, 47 nothing. Of course, we talked about the Sylvania Sacks game. That had bounced back from that loss to North Sand Mountain and beats uh, Section 56 to nothing. Biggest thing so far with that hit, I know they feel like they should be 2 and 0, uh, but they're 1 and 1 right now. But the biggest turnaround this year for Battle Head. Is defense. Uh, they've only given up 15 points in two ball games, so you got to like that going down the stretch. Because a lot of times, if you're going to be a playoff contender, Andy, you know this as well as I do, you got to be able to stop people. Yeah, I was surprised not that they beat Section, but the fact they pitched out the shutout. And you know, last year with those two running back, well, quarterback and running back, seems like Valley Head was beating everybody 43 to 32. Um, yeah. and, and now this year, the ability to, to give up 15 points in two football game is not what it, last year was. Yeah, they're not going to be as explosive on offense, but they're going to be a whole lot better defensively. So, you know, it's just, a, you know, a different team. And, you know, they have a different personality. 
a different identity. But their front seven on the defensive side of the football is pretty darn good. And if you if you have a hard time running on the high school football team, you know, it, it, it's tough. You know as well as I do. In high school, it's important to be able to run the football. Absolutely, absolutely. See, our other games, let's see, it was uh, here at Trussell, they beat Gaston City. because Gaston City gave them a tough game. Here at Trussell's always ranked in the top 10 in the last 7A, but they beat Gaston City 42-27. to Cedar Bluff picked up their first wins. They beat San Rock 28-7. Cusa Christian bounced back from the loss of Geraldine. They beat state-ranked Spring Garden 21-6, to and uh, that was a, a, a playoff tie matchup because uh, both of those schools are in 1A. They're just not in the same region. Uh, Scottsboro, North Jackson, 44-15. to 15. What was you going to say? I was going to ask you about Coosa Christian and being in that 1A. That's a very, that has to be a very small private school because in Alabama, it's what, 1.5 kids to, at a private school? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah they, but they're growing. I mean, they are definitely growing. Uh, they may actually in the next count end up being in 2A. I'm not sure. I heard that rumor, but I don't know for sure. But they've got a great football team. You know, they were one play away from getting to the finals last year. Yeah. And uh, Spring Garden, they returned I know, just about their whole offense. Their quarterback's real good, and they held them to six points. So, Cushy uh, Christian is going to be a team to reckon with in the class of 1A. Okay. Of course, Scott's World, Fresh World. The game was pretty close at halftime, but Scottsdale pulled away to beat North Jackson 44-15. Just the Wildcats are now 2-0. and Pisgah picked up their first win. Got up big early on Lexington because they had to hold off Lake Lexington made a game of it in the second half. And the Pisgah won that with 42-27 as they're ranked number three in class. We'll wear this way. Uh, we're ranked number three. I don't know how the top ten fail after five got beat in week one. Of course, North Sam Mount lost to Dade County, 55-13. Phil, um, down that way, um, and we'll bring our guests. Our guest is going to be Ricky Gilly here in a few minutes. And, of course, Calvin Gilly. But and you're a couple of weeks behind us. Uh, now seeing two weeks of football, is there anyone that's completely surprised you in that North Alabama area? Not so far, really, because a lot of the teams that have won so far have been teams you expect to win in your Sylvania. You know, I'm not surprised how they've gotten started off. Uh, now, this week it starts region play. So then you'll be able to really tell, you know, the pretenders uh, from the contenders. Uh, it, it starts this week, the region matchup start, and we'll see who's going to be what. You know, that's like with the Geraldine Fife game. You know, if you're going to get five, you better get them early. Geraldine got them early because later in the year, this team will be a team to be reckoned with because it's a very young football team, and they've got a little growing up to do and cut out some of the mistakes. But we saw them do this a couple of years ago. And uh, so uh, but they're going to be competitive. But, no, there's not really anybody that stands out uh, that we didn't think so far would be pretty good. So we'll just have to see. You know, maybe Scottsboro might be a little better than we originally thought. Of course, we, they got a lot of returners, starters, but the thing is, too, they've got a couple of people hurt now, too. So we'll see how that goes as, as the year plays out. But uh, no real surprises so far. Let me ask you, um, I got a comment last week after the show that that um, we really didn't 
uh, we had mentioned it. We talked about it and talked about Prosville being good football team. Um, I got two comments that said we really didn't understand how good Priceville was. What is Priceville? I don't know the school. Yeah, they're uh, they're over around uh, like around the maybe toward the Coleman Huntsville area. Okay, uh, but they and I don't think they're quite as good this year as they have been. Uh, I think they went ten and two maybe last year. Got to second round playoffs where they lost. Uh, but I don't think they're quite as strong this year. But here lately, they've, they're one of those teams that lights up the scoreboard. They score 40, 50 points a game. That's, um, that's interesting. I, I, you know, um, there's been some changes in football since I was in that area several years ago. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely uh, – when I hear a name, I think uh, – it didn't ring a bell with me, right? I didn't, I didn't put them together. Now – Phil, I do want to hit before we get out of the scoreboard. A couple of big games in Tennessee this week, of course. Sequatchie County, um, Sequatchie County, and uh, South Pitt. We'll talk about in a minute. But uh, the Friday night CW fifty three rivals game this week is a game that's close to home. Two teams that I know a lot about. Uh, Signal Mountain tra- travels to Hickson, and I think it's great that the Channel fifty three is going to get two teams. That may be it in the top tier right now. One of them, you know, but the 53 does a good job of trying to get everybody on TV at some point. Yeah, this, this is an important game for both teams. Yes, sir. You know, that, like we talked about, you know, if Hickson can get to two and two, they're going to feel pretty good about themselves. So, Absolutely. You know, this, this is a big game for both those teams and Signal Mountain trying to get their way back up in the upper echelon of teams. In the Chattanooga area, you know, there for a while they were one of the juggernauts, uh, but they've kind of slipped back. So they're trying to build a program back, just like Hickson is. And of course, uh, on a normal week, I would be talking all about this game, uh, but you know, uh, Lipscomb Academy comes to Baylor, two super powers in the private school meets up here in Chattanooga at Baylor. That's going to be something special. Reckon it'll be an overflow crowd, I, I would imagine. So, yes, uh, there'll be a lot of folks be interested in that game. No, uh, definitely, no doubt about that. Alabama Tennessee connection. Uh, Edward Edwin Spilling committed to Tennessee. Amari Jefferson committed to Alabama. Um, definitely uh, going to be some people there. Uh, another game, one more game. I want to get talked about real quick, and then we'll we'll we'll. We'll take a, a little break here, bring Coach Gilly on. And it's, again, again two teams that we normally don't talk about, but they sit right side by side each other up here. Um, and, and we're going to have uh, – I just lost the game. Uh, in Bradley County, we got Bradley Central at Walker Valley. Walker Valley just beat Cleveland – and you got to still think Bradley Central off that big Maryville win is the team to, to watch. But, you know, when you get those three county schools playing each other, you get some funny outcomes. Yeah, because Walker Valley is a pretty good football team. You know, they over the years they've gotten a little better and a little better. So this is one of those, I guess you would call for Bradley Central, a trap game. Uh, uh, that's they've, had three, they've had three emotional games in a row. 
and they got to get up once again uh, for a team that's probably not in and not out, uh, not as good as they are, but on a given night could make it hard on them and, and actually pick up an upset if they're not ready to play. You know, kids are always ready to play on a Friday night, but sometimes mentally you're just not there, and that happens to teams sometimes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, we're in Tennessee, we're we're coming up on uh, week four. Uh, we're, we're starting towards that midway point of the year, so we'll be there. Well, Bill, I'm going to put us on a little commercial, and then I'll bring Coach Gilly on and get everything squared away. And uh, hopefully, everybody, I'm going to I'm going to put my my one River City commercial on a loop here and let it play for a minute. And uh, we'll be right back with more of Beyond the Booth. Chattanooga, when you call, we answer. Now, we're calling on you. Vote for Davis, Kessler & Davis as your best personal injury law firm at bestofchat.com. Bill's going to cover a lot of the, uh, well, here, we're back now. We'll we'll just get into it. Welcome aboard, everybody, our our commercials. uh, Sometimes I don't pay attention. They run out before I get them. I want to welcome in a real friend of mine, someone I've known for a good little while. Uh, and also his son and, and a, a, a kid that I absolutely love uh, and has been with us at Squatch County the last three years, now with his dad at South Pittsburgh. But let me bring in first Coach Ricky Gilly, passing coordinator for the South Pittsburgh Power. Welcome aboard, Coach Gilly. Hey, thank you for having us. Uh, Coach Gilly, uh, before I, I bring Calvin in and I turn it over to Phil, I have, I have a picture up on our screen now that will be the cover to this on YouTube. And, and you credited a wonderful young lady named Faith Kelly, whose dad sits in the office with me every day. But it's a picture of you and Kevin on the sideline. And, and that's special for you to be reunited and, and see him play every night. Oh, man, it was uh, – I tried not to, to bug him too much, but – I, you know, I'd always told him that, you know, I wanted him to make the decision uh, not based off what I want. It was his life, and I wanted him, you know, you, you got lots about choices, and, and sometimes you make decisions, uh, and they affect a lot of people. Uh, he had a lot of friends there, still has friends there. Um, I forced him to come with me to, to Sequatchie when I took that job, uh, and it was very difficult. Uh, my boys was uh, had a lot of resentment. Uh, it caused a lot of internal family issues, and I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't. I didn't want to force my kids to do that anymore. Uh, so I allowed Kevin to stay at Sequatchie the year after uh, it didn't work out for me to be there. I was only there that one year. Uh, loved it there, enjoyed it there. There's great people there. Uh, loved everything about the place. Uh, 
uh, great facilities, uh, you know, uh, the support system there, uh, the quarterback club they have, uh, just the school administrators. I mean, it was, uh, it was a blessing for the year. You know, it was a short period of time. I was very uh, grateful for the opportunity. Uh, so I knew my son was in a good situation and I have a lot of, obviously have a lot of respect for, uh, for Rusty, uh, coach McIntyre there, uh, great man. I love his family. Um, he may not be too thrilled with me uh, that I took one of his players that he was going to be counting on, but uh, he's he's a father. He loves his kids, and, he, and I know he understands. Um, but uh, I left Kevin there knowing that uh, what Rusty was doing, I believed in it. I knew he, run, he runs a good uh, program. Uh, he's a great offensive mind. Uh, and... Uh, and you can tell over the time that he's been there how much the program's improved. And uh, they've really bought into the weight program, and uh, those kids are selling out for them. And it's showing uh, It's showing on film. I mean, I've yeah. spent probably 10 hours uh, uh, breaking down film of them, just trying to, you know, do our due diligence and, and get ready for them. But uh, kudos to what those guys are doing there. Uh, they do a great job. Uh, we've said all week to our kids, uh, this is by far going to be our biggest game, our biggest test this year. Yeah, we played uh, Franklin County, and they're a 5A program. But if you just turn the film on, uh, there's no question that uh, Sequatchie's better coached. Uh, they've got more talent. Uh, they might not have an individual player or two as good as what Franklin had, but they've got more talent collectively. Uh, and he's got those kids bought in. It's going to be a big challenge for us. Um, they're doing things the right way over there, and uh, but, you know we're telling our kids uh, it's a big time atmosphere, and we're looking you know, we're looking forward to getting them over. Yeah, absolutely, Phil. I'll come to you after I ask Kevin one question. Kevin, can you hear me? Yes, sir. I, I just want to tell you, I still love you, buddy. Uh, when you take the helmet off on Friday night, even though you're not in Sequatchie County, it was a pleasure to watch you the last couple of years and miss seeing you out on the field. And while Friday night. We might be on the opposite side, me in the booth, and you on the field. When you take the helmet off, you're still Kevin Gilly, and I want you to know it's always going to be the same for us and how we feel about you. Yes, sir. And, uh, Kevin, what's it feel like um, being at South Pittsburgh and and you knew what was happening at Sequatchie, and now you're going back, and you've got so many ties to that community, and like I said, you've got, girlfriends and family and everything it, it's got to be emotional for you yeah it's a it's a little emotional i still have a lot of friends over there that i still talk to pretty much every day uh yeah well my girlfriend she recently graduated but that kind of made the, the move a little easier because i still get to see her all the time but yeah i still there's a lot of people over there that i still i still count on yeah but, yeah and we 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 went through a, a good year last year. It was a lot of fun and a lot of growth happened. Phil, um, why don't I bring you in and ask Calvin and Coach Gilly some questions? Yeah, well, Coach Gilly, I want to ask you about this. I mean, I know the, you know the first three weeks of the season. You know, South Pittsburgh's been ranked high, and uh, the expectations are high. But really, this week is a game that you point to. Not only is it a big rivalry. But this is going to be a measuring stick for your football team. 
Uh, yeah, no question. Uh, coach Stone, our head coach, uh, obviously, you know, uh, well respected. Uh, been doing this a long time, uh, and uh, and he's got our kids believing. I mean, we've got a good group of kids, uh, but he he you know he's our leader, and he's and he's told our kids uh, this is going to be the best coach, uh, the most well-rounded team that we have faced, hands down. And if if we just stroll in like. Uh, you know, and, and take it casual that, uh, you know, this bunch is, is if you watch them on film, they're, they're good enough to punch you in the face and, uh, and they're going to have a little fight to them. I, I still talk to some of those kids I, that I coached. I, you know, I love those kids. Uh, um, and they've got some dogs over there uh, and, and they've done a phenomenal job. And, but our kids have had a phenomenal week of practice. I will say that uh, Coach Stone has, uh, He's rallied the troops. He, he, he uh, they understand that it's a business week. Uh, this, this is a, this is a huge week for our program, um, and um, and we've had a phenomenal week of practice, and uh, and uh, the kids are excited about coming to Dunlap. They know it's always a, uh, a, uh, you know, real, a competitive game. They know it's going to be a physical game. Uh, they know they've got, you know, great facilities. You know, our kids are excited about having the opportunity to come play on the turf under the bright lights. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, uh, it's, it's going to be uh, an exciting time for all. And I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, some mo- emotional ties there. Uh, only, only I, though I was on there a short period of time. Uh, man, you just build and bond and make relation, uh, relationships with those kids. And, uh, and you just, uh, you love them and, uh, you know, you, you, you do what you can do for the time that God's got you planted wherever he puts you, whether it's one year or 10 years or whatever. Uh, and I still have several of those kids call me just to talk, just to check on me, text me, Coach, how you doing? Uh, and if I see something or hear something, I'll reach out to them. Hey, man, I'm thinking about you. I love you. Uh, so, you know, I think that's important. I mean, the X's and O's, you know, is, is important, but – Letting kids know how you feel about them and let them know what they mean to you, uh, they'll make they that will mean more to them five, ten, twenty years down the road when they think about you uh, than the uh, than the X's and O's. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I think something I wanted to ask you about. I think when you start adding coaching, winning and losing is probably the most important thing. But after a while, uh, when you get to see these kids and watch them grow up and watch them mature. You're more interested in how they become as people and come back and thank you for what they, for what you teach them more than it is about wins and losses, and that's what football is really all about. Oh yeah, there's no question. Uh, you know, I've always I, I used to coach little league, and then you know about every team I've ever been on, I just made it a habit to always tell the group of kids, you know, whoever it is, that hey, I love you. Yeah. Uh, when Luke crawl, I'm gonna love you, and. Uh, and I, and it's hard to believe in today's society, but I've had kids come back and tell me that as old as they are, uh, that they've never had people tell them they love them. And it, and it just, it seems unfathomable that that would be the case in today's age, but you don't know what these kids are dealing with day in and day out. Uh, they don't always go home to mom and daddy. Uh, some of them don't have a home. Uh, you know, some of them go home to broken homes, uh, you know, the different scenarios that we can all relate to, but, uh, you know, I, I've always considered coaching a, uh, when I got into this, uh, you know, as an early coach, as a young coach, uh, it was always about the scheme and the X's and O's. And it's that stuff's important, and you need to study it and you need to know it. Uh, but, man, the relationships is why I do it. Uh, it's just uh, 
Uh, I love working with the kids. I do love teaching technique, fundamentals, and all the things that's important that you have to do to be successful. But uh, just building those relationships and growing those relationships. Because the thing that I've found in my time of coaching is if you get them kids loving you and believing in you, man, they'll go to bat for you. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll run into a brick wall for you. Um, and so I, I've just tried to do that everywhere I've been. Uh, I did that at, at Dunlap as well, the short time I was there. And I think that's a testament to the kids that continue to stay in touch and reach out and, you know, comment on social media and, you know, check on me from time to time. And um, I just think that's important. And that's, that's kind of why I do it. Yeah, of course, you know, I know a lot of the never coach will tell you this. It's always great to see those kids, how they respond when that light comes on, when they truly get it. That's a big thrill for coaches. Well, Coach, you told us, you talked to us about Sequatchie County being there. Tell us about what it's like to be at South Pittsburgh. We know traditionally it's a great football school. Give us some insight of what it's like to be at South Pittsburgh. Well, it's a high-pressure job. Uh, as you may may assume, uh, even though it's a small school, uh, they, these folks consistently are used to winning. And when you don't win, uh, you're not doing you're not doing very good. Uh, and as a coach, you know that's a that's a hard spot to be in. I mean, we went out the second round last year, uh, and to most people, that would have been a great year. Right. Uh, that was. Uh, that's a, a miserable experience for the Pirates because they're used to making it, you know, third, fourth, playing for a state, winning the state, at worst finishing second. So when you're not getting to that level, uh, as sad as that may sound, it's a disappointing year for the Pirates. Hey, Phil, let me let me let me throw that same question to Kevin. Kevin, well, is it the difference in the schedule, or is it just still lining up and playing football? Now, and I also wanted to ask you, it's different because you've changed sides of the football majority too. Yes, sir. It's It's been a little different. I really haven't been, like, my mindset on defense, but this year it really is. I'm not really as involved in the offense as I would like to be, so I'm really just focusing on defense. And it's it's really it's, – it's been really different to me because I'm not usually lining up and going – getting my mind right to go hit somebody as hard as I can every play, but it's, it's been a little different. Yeah. Uh, and, and you played majorly wide receiver uh, at Sequatchie County. So it is a different mentality. I'm sure Phil, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just went to hear Kevin's comments on, on that too. Well, I want to ask Kevin a question, Kevin, you know, your dad talked about he didn't want to pressure you to come to, South Pittsburgh, but does it get to a point where, you know, as the old saying says, that blood is thicker than water, that you would love to play for your dad? It doesn't matter what color uniform you wear. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I mean, I loved all the kids over there and all my friends that I had, but, you know, you can make new friends, but I wanted to finish, I wanted to finish my year with my dad, my senior year. Yeah, because I know it's a big thrill for you. And, of course, you know, he gets to see you every Friday night, too. And that's, that has to be a big thrill for him. Because otherwise, he'd just have to keep up with you by hearing a score and talking to you after a ball game. So, that's got to be a big thrill for him to be able to ride home at night and talk about the game a little bit. You know, and enjoy the relationship. Because it probably makes you and your dad a lot closer. Yeah, it, it definitely does. I, last year, I was, I mean, it was it was kind of, upsetting just 
every game because I'd be looking for him and he's just not there. So, yeah. It was really a strange atmosphere, Phil, if I can comment, when we did play South Pittsburgh last year. And I looked across and I saw Coach Gilly, but then I looked at our sideline and I saw Calvin. It really, I don't know that that's ever happened in my career. Yeah, well, well you know, I, yeah, yeah. Let, let me add this: uh, Calvin has gotten hurt uh, probably about two weeks before the game last year, uh, and he was unable to play. And uh, man, I was so wanting him to be able to play. Although, of course, I wanted I wanted to beat him, but <laughs> you know, I, I did. I, I did want to be able to see my son play him when he got hurt. Uh, that was a little disheartening because. Uh, I think they had an off week. There was a, there was an off week or something to where I was going to be able to see them down. Uh, yeah, I remember this. Season. And then I was going to be able to see him play then, and then later in the season. And then when he didn't get to play, uh, it ended up to where I was only able to get get to watch him the one time. But you know, uh, those things are uncontrollable, and uh, you just have to roll with the punches. But. Uh, that was unfortunate that that, that that happened to him. And and now that you jog my memory, I do remember seeing him standing on the sideline in in, in his jersey. Um, so yeah. yeah, go ahead, Phil. Oh, well, I want to ask you one more question, Coach. You know that has to be a thrill for you now because your son's getting to play and the family roots for one team, and they only have to worry about going to one game. You know, it has to be a lot more relaxing, and it's a lot better at home for you that you're not torn. Uh, because, like you said before, it, you know it can tear a, you know a family apart being on different sides. But that has to be a thrill for you. Well, it does make uh, it does make everything easier uh, logistically for my family. You know, obviously, you know they'd like to come and, and support me and my coaching, and they know that's always been my passion and my desire to work and influence kids and mentor. Uh, but, you know, I would always tell him, hey, go watch Kevin because, I mean, he's only going to be able to do this for a short period of time. Uh, you know, good Lord willing, as long as I've got health, you know, I, I don't see myself ever doing anything else. So I've got time, you know, for y'all to come, but I want y'all to go support him. But, yes, to have uh, everybody be able to come to the same place and support, you know, Kevin and myself, uh, it's it, it's it's the way that I feel like it was intended to, to be. I'm glad he made that decision. Uh, although, I, you know, I wasn't going to force that decision, but uh, it just, it really did. When he made the ultimate decision to do that, and it, golly, it just made my life so much easier. Yeah, I bet so. Kevin, I want to ask you one question. Now, your dad's been doing this. Is your future maybe in coaching football, or are you planning to do something else? Uh, I don't really plan on coaching football maybe maybe like just help out with the program but i'm not no i don't really plan on coaching do you know you know i just want you know some 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 uh players you know follow in dad's footsteps and some want to do other things so i just kind of wanted to see what you know what your thinking was he, he wants to go make some money <laughs> <laughs> well coaching's not it yeah, Bro- like, broadcasting like neither yeah, it's kind of like radio people. You, you yeah. do it for fun. It ain't for the money. Yeah. yeah. He's a lot smarter than you then, Ricky, isn't he, Coach Gilly? I, 